Welcome to The Shared Desk, episode 94. Okay, so there may be some deja vu on people's parts because we already recorded episode 94 and we just, let me rephrase that, I never got to posting it. It uh, sucks to be me. Oh, well, it'll just be like one. <laughs> it'll just be like one of those Doctor Who episodes. The missing. Yeah, there'll be the a missing, missing episode. episode. Hey, everybody! It, it, you're not missing this episode of the Shared Desk, where I am your host, T. Morris. I drink, and I know things. Oh, I'm so glad Tyrion reminded me of that. And meanwhile, sitting across from me, hi, I'm Pip Valentine. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win, or you die. Yes. There is no middle ground. Yeah, that's right. Except for when you're drinking. And, and you better be giving me some of that, because that's Why? the... Why? Uh, you, your, you got your yeah, drink. Yeah, but that, that's the... Um, that's the good stuff, I know. I've saved her for the podcast. So rude. So rude. So rude. Gangsta. Yes. But, you know, it and, is... And you is, must is, mention that we also have the largest, fluffiest huh, uh, paperweight. This, this freaking cat. <laughs> Between the two of you showing me such respect on this podcast... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Can you I, even see him on your camera? No, you can't. But you got to do me one favor. You got to push the microphone forward this way. We might have to have. We might have to deal with a little bit of shadow on your Just face. Just have to lean, 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 lean out. There we go. Cash, <laughs> cash, casual <laughs> leaning. Oh. So we're here, and it's oh. episode ninety-four. And what oh, are you drinking over good. there? Um, yes, uh, I think it's worth mentioning. Um, it's one of our th- faves. This is one of our favorites. This is Kill All the Golfers. Oh, that's this a... Sh- is, this a- is Kill All the Golfers. It's from Bee Nectar Cidery. I would like to read the bottle for you. And this is a passage from Kill All the Golfers, which is a... Um, it is a mead mixed with tea and lemon juice. Mm, it's pretty good. And here's the story. See if you can figure out where Kill All the Golfers comes from. <clears throat> it's been a long day. I had to hide out of my burrow for the better part of the day, waiting for those damn golfers. But today was my day. I finally did it. I didn't even need a reason. I wonder if they received total consciousness. It's like a Cinderella story out of nowhere. Former dancing golfer, gopher becomes a kidding champion. I had my special drink, a half and half, while I got in touch with that force in the universe that makes things happen. All I had to do was stop thinking, let things happen, and be the ball. Is there any left in there? Cause I, I, there, is, there, ah. there is plenty left in there, you... It is, it is. No, this is a really good... Uh, You're getting a little too much into this Cersei role, I'm just saying. I am. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm preparing... the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. When is that coming back, I wonder? There oh, no that's right. Ground. Tonight. Tonight. That's why we're doing Tonight. this. Tonight. That's why we're doing this now. That's right. <laughs> so we, uh, in the interests of talking... I about, forgot how tasty this yeah. was. Give me back that damn bottle. In the interests of... Give me back that damn no, bottle. No, because I'm, I'm taking the sip. You, you've already got You've already got a drink. You've already got an adult beverage over there. That is so good. If you can yeah. find bee nectar. Oh, bee nectar cidery. Oh, it's bay. It, oh, any of their things, great. It is great. so bay. It is so, not, not so bay. Like noodles. So bay. It's so bay. I mean, are the kids just, still saying that to you, are they? I are they? don't think so. I don't think they are. I'm old. Uh, what's your excuse? <laughs> anyway. I'm old too. <laughs> yeah, I, I know for those of you who are uh, who are hopping onto the feed, uh, yeah, I just finished a podcast uh, session with the guys from um, Happy Hour from the Tower over at Happy Hour from the Tower. Dot com. And then your wife says, we're doing a podcast. We're right. doing it right now. And um, But we also, don't we don't want to be on air during Game of Thrones. Game of because Thrones. one, nobody would be watching. That's one and thing. And two, we wouldn't be also watching. The other thing that is worth mentioning, I think it's time to retire this bell. Why? That um, bell's been so- through so much. The action on the on the on oh, this time uh, for a new bell. A whole ten bucks. Yeah. If that. <laughs> if that. 
If <laughs> we could get a fancy one. If if that. Hey, it's okay, it's okay. You're welcome. So I'm just an ordinary Bell. Yeah, just Nori <laughs> Bell. But um but yeah, so that's why I'm still wearing my my my, my uh my, my lovely um my lovely shirt and the pink uh, fox. Yeah, the the two tailed fox. It's ah. a, it's 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 a gun from Destiny. It's a it's actually a rocket launcher from Destiny, and I fell in love with it. And then I had to get the I had to get the shirt. Uh, One of many purchases I've been making for the bungee store, as you can see right here. From <laughs> we won't bring that out. Oh, yeah, you're disturbing the cat. All right. Um. So yeah. So this I I promise you, episode ninety four will head out. I'm sorry, Katie, for for uh for not getting your uh your post show you just out have about, to come back yeah they'll just have to come back or, or we can make it a lost episode we'll, we'll, we'll figure out something to do with oh, it oh yes i uh, i just it's been hard it's Ooh, been hard could to it find... be something that you could release to just um your subscribers only can you do subscriber only content on i'll have to Twitch? look into that i i'd have to look into that i could probably oh, I do make it. it a special thing i I need. I need to. I could release it to my Patreons. Yes, you could do that. Where would you find that Patreon, honey? That would be Patreon.com/slash PJ Ballantyne. There you go. Uh, the bell's coming through now. I think it heard that we were going to retire, and it's like, no, I don't want to go in the cart. No. Um, all right, <laughs> so let's it. let's see if we can drive it back to what we were originally going to <laughs> what talk about. We decided about. we were going to talk about. So um, this actually, the idea for this shared desk came from a few ranty McRant rant posts on Facebook. On Facebook. Um, and uh, and so I think, uh, yeah, um, it's about turning your brains off. It's about yeah. turning your brains off, and and just uh, relaxing. So Pip, why don't you th- not not get into the genesis of how this happened, but but like what what when I when I say turning your brain off as a writer, what what do, how do you interpret that? Well, that uh, being uh, a little less critical and a little less. Uh, searching for the structural points because um, I was talking. We were talking about this, and we were saying I was saying that when you're a writer, of course, your whole brain is like, okay, so now we're going to do the character arc, and now I want to build up this character so that they're wonderful, so that I can kill them at the end and make everyone cry. Right. You know, you have those sort of points. You know, going into the third act. Right now, everything is awful. Here we are at the third act, and. Um, the trouble is that when you do that as a consumer, uh, you can kind of ruin things for yourself. Right. So let's talk about the genesis oh, my, of this particular... More like the discovery. Yeah, the discovery of this of this topic. Um, yeah, yeah. The what, what brought this whole thing about, um, as you can hear, in, as, as you hear in the background... Um, we have been... We have been watching... Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Now, here's the thing about Star Trek Discovery, and this has been up for quite a bit of debate. Quite a bit of debate oh, amongst, yes. amongst, amongst Star Trek fans. You know, people have been wondering, you know, how is it, more to the point, is it worth getting CBS All Access? Yes. Okay. Let's let's just answer that first. Let's answer that first question straight off the bat. Mm. I don't think Star Trek Discovery by itself is worth the cost for CBS All Access. Star Trek Discovery and the Twilight Zone hosted yes. by J- uh, Jordan Peele. Probably worth it. That makes it I worth it. I feel like it's worth it. That makes it worth um, it. Of course, we're probably not going to keep CBS Access for more than a few months. Probably not. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, for like 10 bucks, you know, 15 bucks, I think that's the most we're going to spend on it. Yeah. yeah. Then it's fine. Yeah. I think that's it's good. 
so what started this was there was a particular episode, and we're not going to give any way spoilers. For those of you who are worried that there's going to be spoilers for Star Trek Discovery Season 1 or 2, we are not going to do that. We're going to tippy-toe around it. We're going to tippy-toe around it as best as possible. Um, but but there is something you need to know about about Star Trek Discovery uh, and about this this particular thing. Okay, so so in this one episode... All right. Let, let me, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Uh, going back to going back to the very beginning. Going back to to season one. Mm-hmm. There was this character, and we're just going to call this character this character. And this character. And this character was, was always in the background. Was always in the background. Very intriguing. No real dialogue. Not speak. N- not not anything apart from just but, general banter. But, the, but their appearance was intriguing. Very intriguing. And we wanted to know more about this character. What is that character story? What is that character story? What is this all about? What what is and and that's we knew nothing about this character. Then then at the end of one episode in season 2, something happens to this character. Mm-hmm. And I got kind of excited cuz like, oh, may- maybe we're going to find a little deep dive into something yeah. about this character. Then comes the next episode. And in this next episode, we got everything. We got backstory. We got uh, emotions. emotions. We got relationships. We got what happened to this character. We've got everything. Suddenly, we, everything we wanted to know. And we're like, yeah. For one purpose. And then. To watch this character die. Now. Okay. <laughs> That's when I went off on a complete tear. And then it, and this is slightly spoilery. This is slightly spoilery. Then to add salt to the wound, the following episode, they said we're going to Talos Four. I flip out, and Pip is just looking at me like, "So they're going to Talos Four? What's the big deal?" And I'm like, "Honey, this is a pull back from the very from the first from the pilot that was rejected by NBC and didn't show and didn't didn't see the light of day until." They did a two-part episode in the original Star Trek called The Menagerie. Mm-hmm. And in that, you saw snippets of, the, of this original pilot, which was called The Cage. Mm-hmm. And not only, and I'm really, this is what I admire so much about Star Trek Discovery and its writers. Um, not only did they, do they handle this, this canon, this, I mean, sacred canon, with reverence to the point of where it is seamlessly woven into the plot, and it it is it is seamless. They 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 don't miss a beat, and they go even further with some of these pulls when uh, Christopher Pike actually gets a flash forward of what's going to happen to him, and they make a reference to him in his fate it, his fate in the episode that aired fifty years mm. ago, and they handled it brilliantly. And I'm like, this is what pisses me off the most about Star Trek Discovery. When it comes to the actual canon of Star Trek, they handle it with real reverence, and they and but it's not fan servicey. Yes, it's not. It's not all. It's fan not like they, they completely. You know, I mean, like when you go inside Enterprise. Spoiler alert: there is scenes inside Enterprise. There is enough of it, touchstone wise, that you could go, okay, I see that it is at least similar. But it's not. But it's inter- but it's Star Trek with a with a really good budget. <laughs> it's Star Trek with a really good budget. I mean, they really couldn't do a thing where they're like, okay, now let's go back to this cardboard cutout set we used in the sixties. Yeah, I mean, exactly. They, they couldn't didn't. do that. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Unlike unlike the Star Trek movies that J.J. Abrams was involved with, the people who are doing Star Trek Discovery, it's clear they are like we are respecting the source material, and we are we are do, we're going to do right by that. 
But when it comes to their own characters mm. and their stories, because there was another plot line. Yes, there was a bit of fridging that went on. There was on. a bit of fridging. Now, okay. Somebody did say to me, that's not the way I remember fridging. I think fridging a character is has, has expanded in its purpose. Well, well, the original idea is that often yeah, happened yeah, to fem- off, first, yeah, yeah. It happened to usually female characters. Putting the woman in the fridge um, means something horrible happens to the female character purely for the reason of motivating the male character. Right, right. But fridging the character, now that we have different characters of different backgrounds and different orientations mm-hmm. and different races, etc. at all, I think fridging a character has, has, has expanded in, oh, yes. in its definition. And, and there's definitely uh, a concern among people that, in, especially in um, science fiction, of fridging the gays, which yeah. is basically many different shows have been accused of doing that. Of doing have, I think so, have done that. But that's the thing is that... And, and what, what what aggravates me even more, what aggravates me even more is that these writers know better because we saw in season one this one character's arc. Yeah. Through over 13 episodes. And then on episode 14, we get a reveal about that character. And you're like, oh. And you're like, this was in front of me the whole yes. freaking time. I mean, if we draw it back to our writing, um, when, we get to the, when we get to the end of Ministry of yeah. Peculiar Occurrences, right. a lot of people have said... Oh my gosh! I can look back at Phoenix Rising, the first book, and see the seeds that you were we were dropping yeah. little hints yeah. and seeds yeah. and, and and things along the way, and that's the best way to do it. And that's why when someone does it so well in that first season big arc that they had, yeah, yeah. and then they got around to doing like basically in one episode trying to do all the things that you're supposed to scatter over a whole season. Right. Like what DC did with their universe. Very manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you, especially when you're a writer or any sort of person, you know, screenwriter or anybody like that. Well, a word comes to mind. Yep. That's, yeah. That's, you yeah. know, I mean, you, just, you can see the construction. I right. mean, it's like suddenly right. you're like, oh, I see behind the scenes what you're doing right. and uh, you're not doing it well. And, and the difference between this character, you know, um, basically meeting their demise at the end of an episode versus, say, a character like Wash yeah. in Firefly. Um, again, it was we, not Adele telegraph. No, it was it just it just was this massive arc. And then suddenly Boom, you know, and that's the difference between this type of character versus versus a character like Wash, where we got to know the... Yes, we got to know both characters, but there's a big difference between getting to know a character just to watch them die versus getting to know a character and then having them die. Yeah. Now, it's, I it's then a, said... It's, it's a bit like Chekhov's gun, which is the, right. you know, if you're going to use a gun in the last act, you've got to put it above the mantelpiece in the first. And we did and we did that a lot throughout yes. throughout Phoenix Rising. But this episode, or, sorry, this episode you were getting somebody putting the gun there yeah. and then having the gun go off in one whole episode. Right. And it was just And it was it was too much. It was a beautiful backstory that they could have really explored yeah. earlier. They they could have explored it the entire entire season and a half. And that would have made the audience connect with that character a lot more. And then to have a pull away would have been much more impactful. Yeah. So, but then I stopped after I was having my rant on Mm. Facebook. Because, you know, when you're on Facebook, that's what you do. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah! It's kind of what you do. It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of what you do. So, um... The, but the thing was, I said, and this, this is what, what inspired this episode, which was, so 
so really, um, are you know? I said maybe I'm just be, maybe I'm expecting too much from these writers, and it got me thinking: Do we as writers expect too much from other writers when reading their books, seeing their movies, watching their television shows? Yeah. We do. You, I mean, do I, I, so? I commented on that and I said, yeah, writers make terrible consumers <laughs> because we do. We see these things. Um, for example, right now I'm reading a, a... I think we make fantastic consumers because... At least I have chicken. There you go. Well, we may have chicken, but uh, we also have issues. Um, <laughs> the, I'm consuming a book right now, which I am really, really enjoying. It's a YA book. Okay. So... So far, so good. And I love the concept. I love the writing. But the author does some weird time jumps. Like, not only, I mean, you can jump, you know, from chapter to chapter, take some, you know, there are different ways of handling the movement through time. But one of them that I'm finding really hard and and dislike is that she does a time jump and it's not like nothing happened in that time jump. Apparently stuff happened. She doesn't tell you how many months have passed, how many years have passed, but she just says, oh, yeah, this happened. And then, oh, in the middle, there was a battle and there was apparently interesting stuff going on. When I, when I, ex- when I uh, experience a time jump in fiction, I'm expecting it's because nothing interesting happened. So you're like, okay, we're going to go and ride to, you know, well, we Castle did, Black or whatever. Well, yeah, well, we did that. But we, you don't spend the next right. three chapters talking about, well, some, I have seen writers do this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least when I'm a reader, I don't want to spend, you know, let's talk about the geology and what they ate and blah, 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 blah all of that well, sort of we, stuff. We did that in, uh, in Diamond Conspiracy. When we had, when we had uh, uh, Wellington Eliza and the kids mm-hmm. go from Germany back over to England, you know, we taught, we, we made mentions about how they had to smuggle onto a ship and they had to, yeah. you know, and they, they were, but they were on, that, they were on the train. Nothing interesting happened. So but yeah, right. But it doesn't mean that we can't turn our brains off and have fun. I'm really having a hard time turning my brain off on this book. Okay. Okay. Well then, you know, really but, hard. So, yeah, and, and you know what? That's a danger. That is really a danger in any book. Mm. Um, and, and I think it's tougher. I think, it, I think it's tougher and it's, well, it, it's it, tougher as a, as a writer when you're when you're reading someone else's book because when you're reading someone else's book, you you want to be a professional. You want to be like, hey, no, I really enjoyed this book or something like that. But when you don't enjoy it, you're like, this is one of the reasons why I don't blurb books anymore. Yeah. Because I I blurbed a book. Uh, I, I was asked to blurb a book for a friend, and I said, okay, great. And I read it, and I was like, that's 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 Oof. even t- that's even tougher when you're trying to read somebody like a friend or yeah. someone you've met and you've liked, and, and you read their like, book, and you're ah, like. Oof. You know, I and can't a good conscience find anything good right. to say about that. But it's also what someone says. Uh, actors also make terrible consumers of media because they are too busy going. Well, if I'd been in that role, I would do X, Y, and Z. And and as a writer, I can see us doing that. But then I feel I f- I feel like the reason why I expect more from writers is when I see them reach that potential mm-hmm. and surpass it. And I go, I wish you're, think, I could, you're thinking true detective season three. I'm thinking true detective season three. I'm thinking that I'm thinking of that, of that one character's arc in Star Trek discovery. Yes. Where we were, where I it mean, was beautifully it done. Was, it was a, such a slow burn. And then at the very end, you're like, Oh my God, it was right in front of me the whole That's time. That's the best. And, and let's, let's go even deeper with Star Trek discovery. And, we'll, and let's talk about new canon 
that fans have had issues with, but they really have given this some thought. Mm. The relationship between Michael Burnham and Spock. Oh, first yes. off, first off, the, the the actor playing Spock, mm-hmm. uh, Gregory Peck's grandson. Yes, Gregory Peck's grandson. And let me tell you something: the guy is doing Leonard Nimoy without being Leonard like, Nimoy. He's not doing an impersonation. No, he's not. But but he's he studied certain aspects of the character, which is fair. Dry humor, being funny when he doesn't the way mean he to holds be funny. Himself. The way he holds himself. Um, and there was you, 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 um, again, not too spoiler, but Ethan Peck is Ethan the gentleman's Peck, name. Thank yeah. you, monkey. Thank he you, monkey. He looks like a peck, too. Yeah. Oh, God. God. Yeah, yeah. Gregory Peck was a very handsome man, even yes. in his older years. But, but Ethan Peck, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's got game. And he, and he gives great Spock. He gives great Spock. But the chemistry between him and Michael Burnham is wonderful and the way they build up that relationship and the way they've repaired the relationship yes so it's, their interactions are very it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful to watch and i'm and i'm and as a writer as an actor i'm envious <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna lie there, there's still that you want, actor you want to grow the beard and be spark do you i just so i could have you've just, already got the beard just so i could have michael burnham look at me and go is the beard really working for you spock <laughs> i don't think it is I think you should look better with a goatee, you know. Um, but anyway, um, but but the thing is that, but as an actor, I'm jealous. Well, I'm also jealous of Michael Burnham because she gets fight sequences. Michelle Yeoh dressed in leather. Emperor Philip. <laughs> I, I do. I do get a little buzz every time Excuse someone goes. Philippa, you should get some drop-ins off that for me, though, right? We had, uh, you know, you know the one I want. We had some Defcon level fun. Poppy, <laughs> Poppy, did she just come? And then what the hell was that? I mean, and that's the other thing. That, oh, and great characters like Tilly. I mean, Tilly like, is a fantastic like, like Sylvia character. Tilly. Oh, Love or Tilly. as I like to call her, Lauren Lauren Scribe Harris's next cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> Merida in space. Merida in space. Merida. Space Merida. She's. I mean, and that's the thing. They also have these other things called um, short treks. Oh yes, they were very good. They were delightful. They were absolutely delightful, and I think that's where I'm where I'm critical. It's like, hang on a minute, you got that right. So how did you muck this up? Yeah. And I and I get it. Not all writing is perfect. Not all writers and not all writing is perfect. But when you nail it, mm. when you nail the writing the way they have been nailing the 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 the, the reach backs to to to, talk, to Talos Four, um, the. The delightful editing job of when they said previously on Star Trek, oh, yes, and it's and the original font, yeah. and they sh- they they actually showed you the plot line of of um of the cage. cage. There's there's all this terrific writing in Star Trek, and then they have these mo- they you called them hiccups or mm. trip ups. They were m- they were mega face plants in my opinion, <laughs> especially the, the especially the well the first one, the first one, and then they they. Uh, it's it's hard to talk about this and not give the spoiler on what on what they do, but they basically they basically put this other character through unnecessary agony. Yes. And, and my question is, you know, oh come on! I mean, I understand you're supposed to you're supposed to test the limits of your character, you're supposed mm. to do all this, but had you not done this to begin with, there wouldn't be this yeah. ridiculous. Uh, to other me, plot I line. think there are uh, three big stumbles, at least. One in the first season and two two similar sized ones in the second season, and the the but the emotional manipulation 
was just so obvious in this particular episode we're talking about with yeah, this character. Yeah, with this one particular uh, character. That I think even you don't even have to be a writer to spot that. Right, one. right. I mean, but uh, so, so but then there were some other there were some other leaps that they were yes. a little like okay now this one I'm going to go a little spoilery on because it's season one because it's season one. Um, womp, 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 yeah, womp, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, so here's the spoiler from season one. One of the characters has a Klingon personality grafted onto them. Mm-hmm. But they also show that he's being like hacksawed apart and, with yeah. like a. So basically, armed with, I don't know, a pair of garden shears, a pizza cutter, <laughs> and some duct tape, somehow they managed to take this Klingon and reshape and graft this, literally reshape this Klingon's spine. Their internal uh, organs, their, their internal organs, and and oh, did I happen to mention uh, this is on an abandoned starship that they're doing it on, with, which has no power. It's amazing what duct tape can do. And, and between those three implements, they managed to do. And this is technology that has never been mentioned before in the Klingon in the Klingon oeuvre. No. So I'm just like I'm like you. You want us to buy that? And plus, I, plus the fa- there's almost uh, later on in season two. There's a bit where they're trying to kind of. I feel like they're doing some hand waving. They're like blah 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 DNA blah blah blah. I'm like, hold on, you didn't mention DNA yeah. back in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry if you cut up someone's organs and do all of that sort of stuff and don't change their DNA. Well, people are still going to notice. And and the, fa- so, the fact yeah, that, that was the Klingons too- never had that technology to begin with was never mentioned across how many different. In, you know incarnations of the series yeah and this is in the future the series that we're talking about like like next gen ds9 etc etc they're, they're all in the future and we're supposed to be in the past so it was a little ridiculous um a little too much i mean a little too any, a, li- a little too a little any too magic woo-woo. or science fiction any fantasy or science fiction there's a bit of hand waving right. there's a bit of ooh, just and believe we get that. in that and we get that but when you're i feel like when you're doing something that's quasi science fiction or full science fiction, you got to have some concept. I mean, right. I'm like DNA would really what, what's going on here? But going back, you can't take a bandsaw to somebody and turn them to <laughs> exactly. a on and, and, and in a genetic level. And this is where this again. We, and, I, and again, I go back to what we were talking about. Are we as writers harder to please, or are we harder on writers? Are we demanding more of, of writers because we ourselves are I think, writers? I think so. If we can, I mean. Oh, so here's an, but then here's another question. The, I like I like not to be able to see the seams. Right. If I can see the construction, you know, the, the the two by fours that you're using, then I'm a bit more critical of it. So let's. So and how about, I hate uh, being able to predict what's going to happen. So here's another one. Mm. Do you, as a writer, appreciate when writers do step up? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, the, the aforementioned True Detective season three. Pers- personally, which my, which- the thing I really admire the most is when they build fully realized, um, in-depth characters. I mean, the characters in season three of True Detective are people. Yeah. They have flaws and foibles, mm. and they they made mistakes, and they stumbled and they fell, and that's that's my my thing. Is right. I love those sort of characters, well, and if they do that, great. I possibly would give them a little so, more leeway. So what about what about in spec, speculative fiction? Like look at the look at the long long road that we took with Tony and <laughs> and and with and with Thor mm-hmm. and with Bruce 
and with um, with Steve. Hell, with the Lannisters and the Starks. And the Lannisters and the Starks, yeah. Not I as mean, long as the book's long, but still, <laughs> but still nearly 10 years. HBO is going to do what apparently some author cannot. <laughs> um, anyway. Are you... What, what? what I was going to ask you was, that journey, I mean, were there... I never felt that. What what amazes me, what astounds me about the whole MCU and how it's all leading to Endgame mm-hmm. is this long, slow burn role that we have taken with them from that very first Iron Man. And then to see it all kind of come together a second time with Captain Marvel. Yeah. I mean, Captain Marvel was the prequel to the whole MCU. To the whole thing, yeah. I mean, it was it was the whole. It, I mean, you saw the beginnings of uh, of you, you, not the beginnings of Tony Stark, but you saw the beginnings of, uh, of Shield of Shield. The begin well, not, no, that that's Captain America. No, yes, the, that's you right. You saw the beginnings of of, of Clark Gregg as of, as of Fury of Fury. I mean, I mean, it was just it was such an epic journey, and then to see it just kind of just kind of going, hey, this is where we all started. I'm like, oh wow, okay, but there was one misstep for the fact. That, sorry. Minor, minor little spoiler. When the cat scratched Fury, and that's what caused his eye. Really? Really? Oh, I, I'll give him a break on that one. Because it was cute, and it was cat-related. And it was cat-related. We'll, we'll go with that. Go with we'll that. go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> but, but, in, but in all fairness... I mean, you look at the writing of uh, and the way they've all tied it in together. Well, see, the the other thing... And it's different writers, which is similar to television. The opposite of um, that we are hard to please is that when things are done well, it's actually inspirational. You're like, oh, I see how they did that. I wish I could write and that well. I wish I, I could. Bet, I bet I'm I can gonna try, write that well. I'm, I'm going to try, try and that, do yeah. that sort of amazing character building and, and that sort of slow burn arc of things right um i mean you can do i think in some respects tv writing is a little bit different than writing a novel because in a writing novel you write the whole thing out and then you you go back i'm not sure how much of star trek is written before they you know like the end might not be finished before they've started filming on the first i'm not sure how it goes which would give them a slight pass on it if it's done seamlessly, it's inspirational rather than aggravating. So I look forward to seeing what HBO and uh, the MCU <laughs> have to offer us this month. Yeah. It's a good yeah. month to be a geek. It's, it's a real, it's a real good month to be a geek. But, um, but, I, but I do think we should, we should talk a little bit about that too, about how that's the thing. I think, I think that's, that's another reason why we, we hold writers a little more critically than, um, a little more critically in uh, under 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 the microscope, yeah. Because because we want to be inspired. Yes. We 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 don't we don't want to necessarily be inspired to lift someone else, someone's other you know idea. Obviously, we don't want to do that, but we want to be inspired to write really compelling characters, characters that you love, character and and have dialogue and things like that. Mm. You know, it's it's like it's it. I mean, I don't mind saying it. It's it's like when I watch Firefly, uh, Serenity. Not Firefly. I mean, I love watching Firefly, but the the actual movie Serenity, or better yet, Aliens. Mm-hmm. When you watch that movie and you just look at how airtight the writing is in that movie, and it's a sequel. Yeah, I mean, it's just it. It's just it's just a, a and a, the end of a series too. Yes, and the end of the series because there are only there are only, there are only two <laughs> movies. Two movies. There are only two movies. Don't, and, don't believe the hype. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. 
that's only one. But series but no, I mean, and also I I think I'm also more critical of writers who are who who nail it in in like the first half of a season. Oh, yeah. And then don't they, bring up pity dreadful again, <laughs> man. Don't don't it'll trigger something. Triggered. Yeah, um, we, we still haven't we still haven't let go of that. We're still never letting go of that. We're never letting go of that. Like Rose, I'm never letting go. <laughs> yes, but exactly. Actually, we're never going to let it go. No, we're never. We never are. We 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 never never are. Writers off the clock. So what do you want to do? Uh, I don't know. What do you What do you want to do? I don't know. <laughs> no <laughs> idea. <laughs> what a couple of knuckleheads those people so, are. So, so, um, yeah, off the clock. Obviously, you you figured out we're, we're watching Star Trek uh, Discovery, but um, we also happen to catch um, this at the movie theaters. Now, unfortunately. God, I that sounds like Superman. It does. It, it does have, a, and I th- that might be intentional. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be featuring this in my upcoming uh, talk. But it does sound really good. It does sound like Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if you were doing a talk on derivative soundtracks. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this music is by Benjamin Walfish, and this is the overture for. Shazam. Ah. What I, or as I'm like calling it, the biggest and most well-earned surprise from the DC expanded universe. Who knew that DC could pull it on back after the disaster of Justice League? I know people say that Aquaman made a lot of money, but I don't think it was It it wasn't (laughs) as bad. It wasn't as bad as Justice League. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. sorry. Justice League wasn't that bad. Justice League was not. It wasn't that good either. It was better than Batman versus Superman. That that is a lower bar to clear. Yeah, yeah. But um, but so, so here's. Go any further, we're digging ourselves into the ground. But you see that, but that's that that's my point. Um, so so Shazam. Let's talk a little bit about Shazam. So we we, we saw it on we saw it on on uh, on opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Pretty and, decent crowd there. Yeah, pretty decent crowd. Now and he, and here's the thing. I first off, I love the design that they gave. Uh, they gave Shazam, which is that the that the gauntlets and the lightning bolt are actually lit. Yeah, that was kind of a cool touch. Um, but I can honestly say this about Shazam: this is a movie you want to see on the big screen. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, we we we, we, we turned it down. Uh, <laughs> um, we we saw this on the big screen, and it was an absolute. Delight. It was a hoot, nanny. It was. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um, we were talking about. We were talking about writing. Now, this is one of the things that I, w- I would say about about Shazam. Shazam had probably the most coherent. It did the most coherent and cohesive writing of any DC uh, universe. Uh, it, you know what? Movie it today. kept it simple. Yeah, it kept, kept it, it real simple. simple. Which is fine. Kept it real simple. When you're doing an origin story, you don't like 15 villains to turn up and make things complicated. Exactly. Um, I I liked, you know, I really liked the, what happened to when Shazam becomes Shazam. He's he's only a, what, 14? 15-year-old kid. 15-year-old kid. 15-year-old kid. 
he does the things that you would expect a 15-year-old kid to do right. when they with, find out when hey, they get superpowers when they get superpowers yeah. and he's a bit of a dick um, and I like that they, I like that they were. Wait until I took some yeah, cider. Take, in take there. a drink, and I'll make say I'll make a funny. Um, the um, I just I really enjoyed that, and he was like you know showing off and paying, trying to make some money, making it. some money out of it, and you know doing all those things, buying alcohol with That's it. Right. <laughs> of course, you would go and buy beer, but then they drank it and they were like, yeah. oh my god, that tastes like vomit. Yes, you know? they should have started off with a Mike's. Or, 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 or a mead or, or a something hard, like that. Or a hard soda, like 14-year-olds the, drink. Um, no, it was uh, – and, and the thing was that they – what I was really impressed with – and, of course, I forgot I have one of these. Yeah. So I'm, I keep checking it to see if the Shazam symbols will pop up uh, in here at any time. It hasn't happened yet. Oh, God, I don't want you to become Shazam. Thank no. you very much. Think, but um, <laughs> but it, was, it, was done, it was done really, really well. And they also managed to keep – very much in canon with the original Shazam, mm-hmm. um, the Shazam canon. Um, but the family, the the family, and and there was, and also the performances. Um, I was what what really what I wasn't ready for was how dark the film did get. Yeah, it did. I there mean, were some moments of darkness. I was like, I oh, if, I don't know if like I'd take really little kids to it. No, I mean I would take like middle school kids. Middle to school it. Sure. kids, fine. Sure, yeah. but um, I mean we took our daughter to see it and she loved it. Um, one one thing I will say about Shazam, which was really well done though, was um, not necessarily Shazam's cat butt. Great, <laughs> cat butt was Shazam's camera. origin story. But Billy's story, yeah, you you get a deeper look into what happened to Billy Batson, yes, which never really gets touched on in the comics that ah, much. Ah, okay. Uh, at least not to this extent. At least his mother wasn't called Martha. Right. Well, there we go. There we go. It was called an, Martha. But um. But her name did start with an M. Yeah, it did. Marguerite or and Mar- something like that. Something. But um. But but really, the 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 what I, I tell you what made. Shazam really worth it though was Zachary Levy. Oh, he was he was amazing as Shazam. Yes, he was just he was just a hell of a lot of fun, and uh, and I did I just I I really thank you Unicorn thank, he just posted a whole bunch of cat butts on the uh, yes <laughs> um the the um the 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 movie is yes is is the movie a little more humorous. Than than the other than the other movies that we've seen up to this point. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. It's a bit more Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, than yes, yes. Dark Knight. It's it's not it's not Wonder Woman. It's no. not Wonder Woman. Um, Wonder Woman is a different kind of experience versus this experience. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's like comparing it's like comparing Guardians of the Galaxy with uh, the Winter Soldier. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to, and that's fine. Every uh, and that's cool. That's every, very cool. Every universe can contain multitudes, you know. It doesn't all have to be serious. What what I what I what I got to admit though was what that was that I thought was kind of cool was that um, they weren't afraid to bring in the other heroes. So we know that it's being set in the current DCEU. Yes, there were mentions and of even, yeah. Oh, there was mentions of Superman and Batman. Yep. Yep. And and I will say this, they also had one of the greatest cameos oh, ever yeah. put on by a member of the DCEU. And here's an interesting little tidbit about it. And this is not a spoiler. This is something that, that yeah, um, I think is worth mentioning. Um, one of the executive producers mm. of Shazam was Dwayne Johnson. Ah. And they have been talking to Dwayne Johnson for a long time. Rumor has it that he is going to do a separate Black Adam. Black Adam. Production. And, yeah. and then... 
Shazam 2 would be... Electric Boogaloo would be the two of them. Would be the two of them. Yeah. That's the rumor. Yeah. This is... Uh, the current rumor. Yeah. Um... So yeah, it, there's there's a lot, ha- but there's a lot happening with Shazam. But I can I can tell you this: go see it. It's it is it is so much fun. It's it's an absolute blast. Um, what else What else can we say about it? Um, <clears throat> I yep. I think young and old will enjoy it, and you'll go out smiling. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That, that can't you know say what? that too often about, uh, <laughs> about a DC, DC movie. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> T minus fourteen. Uh, T, mi- T minus forty-five minutes until yes. Game of Thrones. So what we're going to do is just uh, wrap it up. Talk about a couple of things that we've been doing just shortly, and a couple of things we've got on the books. We've got some books. more stuff coming yeah, up. We got more stuff coming out, and we've also got uh, more events coming out. Yes, we have another event. So, on the so okay. So if you are in the DC area, I'm talking about April. 26th, 27th? 26th and, and 28th. Actually, oh, I'm, I'm only on Friday and Saturday. So 26th, 27th. But, the, but the, the, from the 26th to the 28th, I will be at Awesome Con. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, I, I've gone from doing just one panel for them. I'm doing four panels. Well, your first panel was so successful. Yeah. Um, and they've been gracious enough to invite me to come back. Just don't keep adding more villains. No. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, on Friday, I will be there talking uh, with Nick Kelly on so, do, so you want a podcast? Mm. Then the next day, I will kick off with so, uh, with again Nick Kelly and hopefully Brandon Kelly. We'll be doing so you want to stream content. Mm. Then we get to um, the big score where I talk about great scores in uh, in film. And so you've updated that a little. So bit I've updated more. that a little bit, and I'm really excited. This is version five, six, seven of this of mm-hmm. this particular talk. It's going to have some stuff. From the, from the last talk, but there's but I've also enhanced updated it. it and I've updated it. I've, yeah, I'm very excited. favorites. Uh, and then Nick and I wrap it up uh, on Saturday night with um, Slightly Off Key. Great scores in terrible films. Oh, that should be fun. I'm, I'm kind of having a, a little bit of a pissing contest right now with Nick, unfortunately. He wants me to put in there um, The Conquerors, which is not speculative fiction. It's not sci-fi. It's not horror. It's not fantasy. But for some reason, Nick wants... To put in the Conquerors, and I'm I just, don't even know what that is. It's a John Wayne film where he played Genghis Khan. Okay. Anyway, so um, well, that could be counted <clears throat> as science fiction. Maybe it could, or fantasy. <laughs> so, uh, so that's happening at the end of uh, at the end of April, at the end of May, um, uh, mem- Memorial Day. Mm, Memorial yes. weekend. Memorial Day. Memorial Day weekend is Balticon. We will be um, if uh, if I've got a mod in if I've got a mod in chat, uh, give me a shout out for. Chain mail nerd. Uh, it should be that's Gus. Yes, August Grappen. Um, Gus is. Um, we're we're going to be sharing a table. Okay, I can do that. I can take care of that. Um, we'll be sharing a table with August Grappen and, and uh, a um, few other writers. Uh, John Walker, I think, as well, and uh, Doc Coleman. So we'll be in the dealer room and doing panels and trying to socialize a little, just a little. Yeah, we'll be doing that. I've been asked if I was going to be making a return trip to Guardian Con, and the answer is no. I will not be going back to Guardian Con. Uh, it is not that I don't like the event of Guardian Con. It's a, this was a really hard decision for me to make, but I am I'm not doing Guardian Con because um, it, uh, for finances. Uh, instead, I'm going to take the finances that I would have invested into Guardian Con, and I'm going to make an aim for TwitchCon. Yes, that's which in is September. In, that's that's in, in September. Later on. Yeah. Uh, in September. between that, we will of course be doing um, Key City. 
No, well, that's right. That's probably the, in yes. City in Maryland. I think that's in August. It's in Frederick, Maryland. And, and we're that, also going to be, we have not yet signed the contract, but it looks like we will be going back to James River Writers. Well, that's right. In October. In October. That's a, but and if anyone new to the, new to the stream, uh, that's a plug bell. So if I say, well, you know, you can sign. He's not you, just randomly hitting no, bell. No, no, no. It, it, it's a plug bell. It's a plug bell. He does bell. that all the time. You go, go ahead and get something you're feeling too much. I appreciate that. And again, and, and, and everyone, uh, I hope you had a great stream. Uh, so we've got, uh, we've, we've, we've got a lot of events coming up. You can always find out more about that at tmorris.com or at pjballantine.com. That's right. And, um, and that's just, these are just all the different ways that you can keep up with us when we do what we do because we do it very well. Are we going to do like a little extended stream after we click the uh, stop recording button? No, cause it's nearly 723. <gasps> and like I said, we got we got some. We King got of, places to go and dragons to see. We got Game of Thrones to take care of here. Okay, we got Game of Thrones to take care Let's of. Let's grab our Lannister kitte and go see it. Um, Jenny Jenny uh, 2.0 does say that we should have a counter for the bell. That's a fascinating thought. I got to think about that. Mm. So until next time, hey everybody, um, uh, we, you know we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us in chat. Thank you so much for uh, for asking questions. And again, you can always catch us like every two weeks or so. We we will get out and we'll go ahead and put out a podcast. But like I said, click that purple heart, give us a follow. Go on ahead and uh, make sure notifications are made live. That way you can find out when we do what we do. And I really do appreciate each and every one of you all being here. Thanks again. So just remember, folks, the shared desk is uh, protected by a non-commercial, no derivative share like United States 3.0 license. You can find out more about that license at creativecommons.org. So until next time, it's Game of Thrones time. Let's go. Catch you later. Enjoy the ride. Raw. Let's turn the clock back a bit. So basically what happened was there was this this character. <clears throat> um, oh, spoiler alert. So if you don't want to be spoiled. Well, no, no, I'm not going to give any spoilers. You're not going to spoil? I'm not going to give any spoilers away. Redact but, um, that spoiler alert then. Yeah, but... Um, we'll tippy-toe around it. No, it's belay that alert, Ensign. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on one second, everybody. Well, I would say that there were a lot of things that we really are enjoying about uh, honey, Discovery. Honey, honey, I said, hold on a second, everybody. Not because, me. I'm yeah, special. yeah, you. Because I, um, I, I unfortunately, I'm gonna have to do some pokery jiggery. In po we're gonna fix this in post chat. But basically, I was like, forgetting to do something. I'm forgetting to do something. I'm forgetting to do something. I forgot to turn on the record. Um, no, I can, I can pull the the video and just merge the audio <laughs> okay. into the video. This isn't gonna go into the final podcast. But I, I did forget. Oh yeah, I forgot to hit record. So now that we can do audio. <laughs> Yeah, a little behind the scenes magic here. Um, good thing, good thing, good thing I had. Uh, good thing I've written a book called Podcasting for Dummies. Now you see why I wrote it, chat. Now you see why I wrote it. But don't worry, in post you're not going to hear any of this. None of this will have happened. All the, all the, it's, it's, it's the. It's those the people in chat are, are experiencing the magic. <laughs> the magic of, of live, live, of live, of live recording. Okay, so, um, so just give it a few seconds and then. So what started this was there was a particular episode, and we're not going to give any spoilers. For those of you who are worried that there's going to be spoilers for Star Trek Discovery Season 1 or...